0: Welcome to Infoblox Threat Talk, where you'll find the latest thinking on how to tap the full potential of the cloud while making your network more reliable, secure, and automated. Welcome to Threat Talk, a podcast series from Infoblox. My name is Peter Schof, and I've been covering IT security for going on 15 years. In this series, we're exploring the current cybercrime threatscape, and with the help of both experts and hackers, we're digging into what threats companies are facing today and exactly what these companies need to do to combat these threats. Today, I am excited to speak once again with Michael Zuckerman a consulting senior product manager for Infoblox. Mike is a seasoned B2B product marketing and marketing strategy consultant with experience in cybersecurity and enterprise SaaS software markets. He has extensive domain experience pretty much in all facets of cybersecurity. In this podcast, we're going to discuss the importance of the ISO 27001 and 27002 standards and how having a robust cybersecurity framework in an information security management system will help you achieve such a framework and how Infoblox can help you meet and exceed these cybersecurity goals. So first of all, Mike, thank you so much for joining me once again on another podcast. Thank you, Peter, for inviting me again. This is great. To kick things off, Mike, can you just give me an overview of the ISO 27001 and ISO 27002 standards? What exactly are they?
1: Okay. The ISO 27001 and the related ISO 27002 are standards that can be utilized typically by the CISO and team to address business risk and improve their overall cyber defense and strategy. The ISO standards help build out a more resilient information security framework so you can meet the threats that are out there today and very importantly, rapidly adapt to new ones. You know, if you step back to the thousand foot view, an information security framework around something like ISO 27001 is a series of policies, procedures, and related processes that define how all your information is stored managed and ultimately defended right the goal is to lower vulnerability and risk so iso 2701 gives us really a complete taxonomy to the big picture you know an organizational structure as to how to organize all this and then lets you dive down into any area to the critical details of implementation it's a really
0: good standard Great. And basically, cybersecurity is a moving target. So you need people that are always keeping an eye on this moving target. So how does this fit in with other important security frameworks?
1: Well, ISO 27001 is one of several important security standards that we can use, your organization can use. There are about, in 2700 family, about a dozen standards. ISO 27001 is used by a little over one-third of most major organizations and has, as I understand it, an adoption rate of something like 20% a year. So it's very popular and it's popular because it works, right? ISO 27001 has become a de facto standard to certify, you know, your information security management system. So these are really strong
0: numbers supporting the standard. Great. Now, so what trends in the enterprise today would you say have brought about the need for these frameworks?
1: Well, first of all, you know the enterprise trends that have been hitting both digital transformation as well as the escalation in cyber attacks have become really key drivers to adopting these frameworks. You know, for digital transformation, we've seen a rapid expansion in SaaS application use hosted everywhere, growth of things like SD-WAN for branch office management, an explosion of IoT, we all know that, and then teleworkers, right? More than ever now, we're sitting at home, right? We're teleworking for our Macs and PCs, and all of this has really put the pressure on us. So IT organizations can't secure this mix with their existing architectures, and they're forced a lot of the time to what I think is a disparate set of different security stacks, tools, and policies. And so the digital transformation has created vulnerabilities and opportunities, right? To compromise these networks. And so those are holes in the in the Swiss cheese that need to get addressed. The problems that CISOs face remain very fundamental. They're still struggling to maintain visibility to their networks. They need a real time view of their networks so they can identify what's really wrong and suspicious and malicious and isolate it and stop it. And they also need to identify and shut down back doors, you know, heaven help them that have been used to access their networks and they need to be able to detect that. So, so these are the things that are bringing us to security frameworks as as a foundation of
0: the solution they need. Definitely, and you mentioned digital transformation and also with COVID-19, You know, cybersecurity is on the hot seat today. So any framework I imagine would be a big help. So who comes up with these security frameworks and how and when do they decide a new framework is actually needed? Ah, you ask the right question.
1: Different governing or guiding or collaborative bodies either decide one day to codify best practice because it suits the membership's needs, they're struggling with a problem, trying to figure it out, or it's driven by regulatory compliance or governance requirements. So, for example, a different standard, NIST, framework for critical infrastructure security is used by maybe you know 30% of organizations and this was built by the National Institute of Standards and Tech under government guidance. You know, the Center for Internet Security CSC, CISCSC is another widely used one, roughly by a third of organizations. And this was driven by Recommended best practices to mitigate known attacks. On a different plane, the payment card industry data security standard, PCI DSS, was driven by founding members like American Express, Discover Financial, JCB International. Uh, let me think, MasterCard and Visa, right? These companies got together and built a standard to secure financial transactions. And you really can't work with these online payment systems unless you adhere to these standards. Otherwise, you're creating vulnerabilities for you and your customers. And there's more. There's MITRE ATT&CK, which is very popular for attacker frameworks. There's the original Lockheed Martin Cyber Kill Chain that most of us know, right? It's a very basic seven-step framework. There's ISACS-COBIT. So, all of these are the work of collaborative, best-practice teams that got together because they needed something to enhance their defenses, and in some cases, supported by you know, government mandates, or large
0: private industry mandates, such as for PCI DSS. Excellent. Now, let's drill down on ISO 27001. Why is it important, Mike? Okay. I will try to stay at the 1,000-foot view, but I may drill down into the minutia, but I'll
1: save us. I'll come back up at the end and bring us back to the right plane. ISO 27001 gives you the architectural blueprint to really build out a complete information security management infrastructure the entire plan is in a package for you. It's like someone did your management planning and said, here you go, follow this plan and it'll work out well. And it does. It presents guidance for deployment from policy to who in the organization should be responsible. And you know what's really important to me is I like to look at the security controls. It tells you what security controls you might need by category. So in terms of depth and breadth, it could be the most comprehensive standard available for you to use to build out your own framework. Now, just so you know, just when you thought it was getting easy, ISO 27001 includes 14 security control clauses, and each of those contains a total of 35 security categories and about 114 controls. So, each clause defines security controls that contain one or more security categories. And each security control category defines a control objective. What is that, you ask? A control objective states what's to be achieved and the controls that can be utilized to achieve that objective. There's a lot more detail in the companion spec ISO 27002, which includes a lot of implementation guidance and other information, such as legal considerations, references to other standards. There's lots to learn, but you can find and acquire this all online, and it's extremely
0: well-written and wonderfully definitive and complete. And it definitely sounds comprehensive as well. So let's focus on the next one, ISO 27002. Why is it so essential for today's cybersecurity? Well, from a practical perspective, you know,
1: once this, again, 27002 is a supporting standard that helps you with the implementation of 27001. Organizations can achieve certification to 27001, but there's no real certification at 27002. Said differently... ISO 27001 lays out the framework to create that ISMS, right? That information security management system. In contrast, ISO 27002 contains the best practices that you can select to use to build a complete ISMS. So ISO 27002 adds a lot of data on implementation guidance for each control. And when I worked with them, right, they kind of go hand in hand. You work with them together. It's not something different. It's just another layer of detail that helps you execute
0: better. Right. And you always need best practices pretty much. So let's zero in on InfoBlocks. So in terms of these standards, how does Infoblox help you meet these and possibly exceed them?
1: Well, you know, stepping back, right? Back to the 1000 foot, it, it's a tough fact that CISOs are being held accountable by their boards for securing and protecting their business infrastructures. But unlike most departments, they're just about at war. They're under attack, right? Industry best practices such as deploying a security framework with, you know, ISO 27001 really simplify the process for CISOs to better assess risk and get their job done. Infoblox foundational security, specifically using blocks 1 threat defense, now plays in today's environment a critical role in satisfying core components of ISO 27001. We make it much easier for you to find ways to implement successfully. So forget about eight different security stacks and practices and administrators. For things like DNS-related security, you now have one point of high visibility, which is a critical part of ISO 27001 and complete control for your on-premises facilities, your branch offices, your clouds, your teleworkers on Macs and PCs, you have one uniform and consistent administrative place where you can control all this stuff. And for most other technologies, between cloud and on-premise, You just don't have that kind of control. So we give you a very powerful thing. Our IPAM services, which is a directory, right, can identify activity on your network in real time to, you know, provide asset inventory and activity logging. Compromised endpoints can be quarantined if you integrate with something like your NAC in the event they've been compromised by malware that, you know, gets inside the perimeter. Blocks one threat defense can identify and stop cyber threats that are trying to use DNS tunneling to steal your data and uh, stop activity to any known or suspicious malicious command and control servers. We have a lot of special technologies under the hood that make that work. And there's a lot more to talk about, right? ISO 27001 requires a substantial amount of visibility and logging across key infrastructure for a lot of different reasons, certainly to get certified. And you need a continuous monitoring program. So Infoblox, threat defense just brings all this visibility and control to your foundational security, DNS, DHCP, and IPAM. in the networking side of the world also called DDI, both on-premise and in the cloud and for teleworkers. So that's a very powerful capability to have that all integrated in one place. And uh, that's one of the core reasons that the technology is so successful.
0: And with COVID-19 and so much of the workforce going mobile right now, I imagine this is an absolute necessity. We've covered a lot here. So what would you say is the key takeaway about these security frameworks? And what does somebody need to do right now? All right. Let's 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 get down to brass tacks here. When is the last time
1: cybersecurity strategy changed from the defense in depth assembled perimeter, right? It's what we have, endpoints, firewalls, IPS, IDS, NAC. It's, it's good, but it's not just enough. Anyone can tell that from reading the news, right? Attackers' tactics, techniques, and procedures are evolving. It's a big money business. I'm sure they're working at home too, right? And they're still doing <laughs> the things they've done. But we're still stuck in the IT stone age. The digital transformation is making it worse, Teleworkers, if not properly protected, are increasingly visible points of vulnerability. In short, the defense in-depth castle walls are down or certainly they're damaged. You know, the internal network is your new perimeter. And I like to think of all of us here, you know, that are practitioners. We're sitting in a ring of fire. That's really what's happened to us. Robust security frameworks like ISO 27001 help you put a spotlight on on those malicious parties that want to steal your data makes it more likely to find them and helps you take the steps to remediate these problems foundational security you know leveraging the visibility and protection offered by DNS is a critical part of that strategy foundational security gives you the ability to reduce cyber incidents minimize risk and strengthen compliance and governance let's step back a little further right most of you in information tech cybersecurity maybe you're in the SOC The red team, compliance, wherever you are, you don't have a job. Today, unfortunately, you have an adventure. Your company, and by default, you are under attack every day by organized crime and, in some cases, nation states, right? They want to steal your data, put your company out of business, gain military advantage with which to harm us all. This is not business as usual. The implementation of a robust cybersecurity framework like ISO 27001 can potentially give you. I think it will give you a powerful best practice framework to take the initiative back from the attackers. We're trying to tilt the battlefield to our advantage and this architecture is complete. It makes it much more difficult for them to penetrate, move within your networks, discover assets, steal your data. So that's why I think you should consider the move to a top cybersecurity framework, especially one such as ISO 27001 and a decisive move to foundational security to support it. You need the tools to engage in the battle that has been brought to your doorstep. You didn't start it and you need to win. So I think ISO 2701 is compelling and highly important to IT network and security personnel and
0: gives you the tools you need to, to be successful. The wagons are circled. The attack is coming. We need every advantage we can get right now. So this is Peter Schoff of Threat Talk speaking with Michael Zuckerman of Infoblox. For listeners who want more information on this and many other topics, I recommend going to the Infoblox website and go to the tab resources and you'll find numerous white papers and podcasts. I'd like to thank listeners for joining me on another Threat Talk podcast, and I hope everyone stays well and safe. Thank you very much. You've been listening to Infoblox Threat Talk, To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you'd like to learn more about maintaining a secure, always-on network that enables digital transformation, visit www.infoblocks.com. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.